I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chaffin. You have great hair, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. We were uh, we were all talking about hair the other night, a bunch of comics. It's funny how when you get a bunch of like male comics around with no women, we turn into the women. Really? And all we talk about was like, oh, what kind of shampoo you use? Well, you know, and Anthony produced no it. No way. Like, it was like, oh, well, I don't use shampoo with uh, alcohol in it. And then somebody else is like, well, you know, <laughs> it's like, I like aloe vera. And like, it's just so funny. Um, yeah, because what everyone would be like, oh, those pigs, they're yeah. just there talking about yeah. who they, knows they, they what, objectifying just, everybody, yeah, and then they, you guys are like, this is conditioning. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the you know, man has evolved into this kind of, I don't know, this diva thing yeah. over the years, you know, like we, you know, take a lot of time to get ready. and. Well, our, you must have to trim your beard quite a bit my girl doesn't like it too long right so it's like if if i had it my way it would be like chris stapleton zz top like, i agree with leah yeah <laughs> i do because that looks like oh oh you anthony you your beard's yeah. got yeah i agree with i agree with leah because it looks more like that can look like kind of something about that can look crazy yeah she says yeah i you know i can definitely easily have a, a unabomber look exactly you know? but i don't mind it but apparently she does and i think yeah. but that's the thing with with fashion and the way you look or whatever really depends who's kissing you you know so true who's who has to look at you all right. the time you know that's why it's just like you know like i love tattoos but it's like i feel like i have to run the tattoo by my girl because she's got to look at it more than anybody. Sure. So you don't want some Tasmanian devil stupid thing, you know? Right. That she's and she's just gonna... like, I'm turned off by that. <laughs> yeah, I have like, to look at that. Shit. Oh, yeah. So do you have a special, like, do you use mayonnaise or something on your hair? Something I don't, crazy? but it's, <laughs> it's funny you ask that because I had a really bad haircut about a month ago. Okay. I used to always go to the place across the street, I had a really bad haircut, and then I got my eyebrows waxed, and she wow. burnt my face. Ooh. Burnt my face. It was not good. And then I was dating someone, and she was like, you can't go to these super cheap hair places. Yeah. So I was in Vegas, and I went to a nice hair place, and they're making my hair blonder. Uh-huh. And then on, next Tuesday, I'm going to get my hair, like, even blonder, blonder, like Michelle Williams. Oh, platinum? Platinum. Nice. Because I'm trying to, I'm trying to soften it up a little bit. Well, you, you, <laughs> you used to have more spiky, right? Yeah, I'm trying to Back soften it up. Back in the day, up. you were spiky. Mm-hmm. Because I was kind of looking at the landscape of some... I was looking around at like some lesbian comedians. Competition. <laughs> Feels like the lesbian Hunger Games a little bit yeah. recently, but oh. I noticed some of them are getting more butchier okay. and bulking up. So I'm, yeah. I said, "Fuck it!" And yeah, can we swear on it? Sure. And then, so I'm going to go and try to s- soften up. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I remember as a kid, it was uh, Billy Idol had the perfect spice. Oh, I loved Billy Idol's and then, hair. And then when I found out what he used, it was spit and toothpaste. <laughs> I was like, you can't get more punk rock than that. Like, <laughs> Do you think he really used that or was yeah, he just saying I think, it? I don't know, but we sad, were all fucking, good. that's all we were doing was spitting in our hand and putting, you know, Colgate in our hair. We, that's all we did in my high school. I would be shocked if that's what he was actually doing. He probably had some super, like, honey or something like who that. Who knows? Probably. It was, but, yeah, it was some freaking Hollywood you right, know, the person or something, you know, five hundred dollars. Yeah, it's right, it. yeah, it makes it sound punk rock. But uh, he I remember, had great hair. Oh yeah, Johnny Rotten, and he had great hair too. All that stuff. When I got my haircut, I brought in a picture. When I first got it, got short. I had a picture, not of him, but of Jude Law. 
That's who I tried to model it after. Hilarious. You yeah, got a Jude Law vibe. That's thank so you. Funny. That's what I. That, thank that's you. So funny. Thank you. That's what I wanted. That's what I really wanted. Yeah. And they were confused. He's and a I, handsome man. Thank you. He is a handsome yeah, man. I love Jude Law. Yeah. Oh yeah, gorgeous. Gorgeous. And that's what. That's who I wanted it modeled after. And they were really. I yeah. got it got cut short first in Puerto Rico, and they were yeah. they and were weirded that's out. That's when you know you're handsome because he's losing a little bit of hair and still looks great. You still know? looks great. So he's still he's got the thing going up high, but he still looks great. He's kind of. I don't know what the hell he's up to he's kind of i haven't really heard seen him out and about um he's around he, Is well, he? That, did you see that uh pope thing he did Mm-mm. that was great on hbo he played a pope he was like a sexy pope chicks are like wanting to pope. bang him and he's like right. whoa whoa this is just confession <laughs> calm it down like pulling their boobs out and get stuff. off me yeah. ladies uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'll leave you with this. Uh, I'm Dustin Chafin. I'm very excited to have my guest today. Thank you. Um, very excited. You've seen her on several things, having a hell of a couple of years, you. Uh, and girl, ex-girlfriend, which is, you have a re- reoccurring role. Beth, I believe, is the character. Yes, thank you. And uh, got some Netflix stuff coming out. Yep. Uh, you were on Colbert, Sirius XM, uh, radio show. You still doing that show? You- I still do the monthly one okay. and then I was co-hosting Wake Up With Taylor and then now she's moved over to a show called The Taylor Strecker Show I okay. co-host on Tuesdays that's awesome. but that's like subscription only it's not with Sirius okay. anymore okay, but cool. yeah well ladies and gentlemen Emma Wilman what's is up in the house thank Yay. you Justin thank you I feel like I've known you uh, since almost the beginning of your yes. New York days yeah comedy you know, I don't remember early when... early on well, I, I remember first I remember first seeing you really well I remember I was going to watch at Broadway Comedy Club. Yes. Like, I first moved to the city. I think I had been doing an open mic or something. Okay. First moved to the city, and it was like a Friday show downstairs, and I was watching, and you were on, and I remember it was like just like a great show. And then I went over to Times Square Art Center, which mm. isn't there anymore. Yeah. But you were on stage when I left, and then when I got to Times Square Art Center, you were on stage. Wow. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know how yeah. you got over there so fast. There's like, a tunnel that goes around <laughs> underneath all the way through. Yeah, because I was like, <laughs> he was just on stage at Broadway. Yeah. And then I remember, like, Matt Richards, Pete Davidson. Sure. And those guys, yeah. I remember them. I just remember that Pete really, Dav- really well. I remember Pete Davidson at the Times Square Arts Center. He used to go up as the teenage comic. Really? Like, that was his intro. And I pulled him aside. I was like, yeah, you're probably not going to do that anymore. Right. Like... <laughs> You need to cut that. That's shit how out. he wanted to get intro. <laughs> oh yeah! Wow. And he was sixteen, but he was just like, "Call me the teenage comic," and I was like, "Dude, don't do that." Yeah. And I, it's funny. The night that I told him, he stopped doing it. And wow. Then he, like you know, so I basically made him a star. Yeah. So that yeah. he is. So Ariana Grande has you to thank. <laughs> if it wasn't for yeah, me, he wouldn't be, be banging pop stars <laughs> and being on SNL. I'm just saying. But uh, but no, but you were one of those assholes that got good really fast. Like <laughs> I was in Boston first, though. Oh, you were? Okay. Yeah, was, so I, right. st- I was in See, Boston for a little thing. bit. Yeah, that's the sneaky thing. People okay. do that, and then people yeah, yeah. a lot of times like, lie about what? how long they've oh, been doing yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, because there's a few people that are like, oh, I've been doing it four years, but they've been I've been I don't know exactly how long I've been doing comedy, but I did comedy in Boston, New York, then I went back to Boston, then I came back to New York. Okay. So, but thank you. Okay. I appreciate that. <laughs> and that was such a compliment. Yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate it. It doesn't. It never. You know how to write a joke, and it's just like we. We always, you know, whenever you see somebody you don't know, you assume they're new because you don't know them. Right. But you don't realize that, oh, yeah, you can do comedy somewhere else besides totally. L.A. and New York. I didn't. That's not that's not true, you know. But uh, but no, you could you could drop a joke. And Thank a lot, you. It's, it's a rare thing. It's still a rare thing. It is. You know, even guys that are making money and doing well. It's like it's still something that a lot of people don't do as much anymore. So much. And there's yeah. just so much comedy 
out there. I mean, I always feel like in New York, like we see everybody, but then you go yeah. somewhere else, and then there's just more and more and more people. Yeah, like roaches. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Not really that so, bad. <laughs> so do you do you talk about your sexuality on stage? Yes, you are. So you get yeah. into it. Nice, because at first I felt like you weren't as much. Well, I so was trying to. It. You know, I always used to be like. I remember when I first started, I'd always be nervous that something seemed too gay. Okay, and then I got nervous that it would be like kind of. Well, because I wouldn't want – I always figured, like, you can go up through the straight community and then gay people would come around, but you can't go up through the gay community and have straight people come around. Mm -hmm. So I was always kind of, like, paranoid about that. And then – and I would try to, like, address it. But sometimes – but even in the beginning, if I didn't – if I don't address it at some point, I feel like people kind of – maybe I was projecting, but I felt like they were, like, wait – it was, like, weird until I would say something. Okay. And then – and it still happens sometimes. Like, then it's, like – it's this this weird feeling. I can almost call it now. Like, I'll be saying something and they, like, won't even be listening. They'll just be, like, looking at me. And then I'll say something about being gay or something. And then – Exactly. It's really weird. And and then sometimes it makes me not like them. (laughs) Sure. Because I'll be like, yeah. I feel like I'll have to make fun of myself or make fun of gay people, and then they're like, ah, oh, and yeah, then I'm like, I don't fun. really like you guys now in my head. Do you feel like it's funny because it's? Um, do you feel like there's? It's. I don't know if this comes off weird, but if there's like like a hacky gay comedy, yeah, okay, totally, okay, because because totally. I'm in the south and it's like you know we there's a lot like of the like caricature, there's a lot of hacky redneck comedy. Like right. I'm from Texas, but I'm not a hacky redneck guy, so it's right. like you see a lot of that. I'm just curious in the gay community if there's this like you get, you're like oh you're like doing totally. the voice and the thing and you're yep. okay. So. I feel like I'll see it, but you all it's it's all it's tough too. Like I feel like I'll see like a real like caricature of a gay guy sometimes. I remember I was in Rhode Island once doing a contest and this guy I don't I don't think he does comedy anymore, but he was just playing like every single stereotype of a gay guy and yeah. he was killing, but I felt like they weren't yeah. laughing at him for the right reasons. Sure. So that always it's like but then you're like, I mean if that's working for him, great, but yeah. it's it can be so tough for people asking questions about that stuff too. I had the the podcast um, that I do with Mateo, we had an episode called something about scissoring was in the title. Okay, and then I was in a meeting, and this guy was trying to ask about the podcast, but the other people in the meeting didn't know what he was talking about. So he was like, "I listen to the podcast, something something scissoring." And then the other guy in the meeting goes, hey, 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 Emma, we're sorry. He didn't mean to ask you about that. And I was like, no, no, he's asking about the title of the podcast. But his boss thought he was just asking me about scissoring. And his boss looked like he was going to die. He was like, we didn't, we, he didn't mean to that. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's, and the guy was like, I wouldn't have asked just about that. And I was like, it's the title of an episode. Like, it's totally fine. He was like, I don't know if this is coming across weird, but I was like, no, 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 no. It's totally fine. But I've been trying, I feel like. The more comfortable I get with other writing, then the more uh-huh. comfortable I get talking about that. Yeah. It's a fine balance because I've been working on trying to do another five minutes. Okay. And it's all related to feeling like the man in a relationship. Mm. But I don't want to make it all about being gay, but it, sure. then it kind of is. So I feel a little nervous about that. Yeah. I feel like well, – but that's the thing is, you know, but that's – everybody can relate to that. You, know, you think so? I think so, yeah, because it's like – Sometimes Lee and I are, we're hilarious. Like she takes out the trash, or she'll right. do something that's, you know, I'll do something that's more feminine, and she'll do something that's more masculine. And so I think the roles reverse a lot. Yes, in relationships, and straight people say so people that. People understand. Yeah, that. people understand that. You know what I mean? I yeah. think it's just the fact that you're both women. People, you know, try maybe to, I'd ha- maybe I'll try to phrase it, it somewhere where I'll say something like even in you know the man one because it it is true like in straight relationships 
I've heard women say, well, I'm the man in the relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what is it even – who knows what that even means? And now that's changed completely. Right. Look, we were just talking about, you know, putting things in our hair and like right. men and – it's <laughs> the whole thing. We're all morphing into this one thing. Right. And I, there's just really, this one – Yeah, this gender thing. Blob. It's blob of insecurity right. and craziness and – Consumerism. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yes, progress. Yeah, it is progress. Yeah, I in some so. weird way it's like, you know – Well, it's funny because it's like, you know – when I lived in uh, Texas, growing up, high school and stuff, it's where like, in Texas was it again? Dallas, Fort Worth, mostly. Like, wow. And um, I felt like we were all kind of weird kids. We were all the Depeche Mode kids and all that kind of stuff. And did you do theater? I did theater design. Oh, I did. wow! I, I uh, painted like backdrops and stuff. Right. So I, w- I was terrified to deliver any monologue or doing. I tried huh. to go the acting route, but I was just, I was too scared for that. I was too insecure to even talk in public. That's so not what yeah. you people think of, quote unquote, like redneck Texas. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Most people that yeah, it's yeah, my family Texans, especially if you look at me or whatever. But it's like. And the thing is, with us, the only time we could get a, a decent film, like to see a good movie or, or a good record store or a good bookstore, we had to go to the gay neighborhood. You know, there was that, a gay neighborhood. It was pri- you had to drive to it. You know, it wasn't like a random <laughs> corner. <laughs> you had to plan for it. It was like a three day event. Wow. No, but you you know Oaklawn, which is huh. a, a very popular. Um, Gay neighborhood in Dallas, you know, like I'm, we're probably about forty minutes outside Dallas, right? So we had to, you know, we had to drive, but that's where you could see like an Angelica type film. You know, I remember we we all it was a big deal to see My Left Foot, and that was a whole thing, and like Thief the Cook's Wife and her lover, like those things weren't going to be at the mall, right? But we could drive in the gay neighborhoods and stuff. That was where. And that's where museums and stuff. And were. your parents were okay with like bringing you into the gay neighborhood. Uh, at this point, I was in high school, so it's like they don't right. they don't know what we're doing, right? You know, and uh, and then also um, a huge part of my life. You're gonna, you're not even gonna. This is gonna blow your mind too. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show was a big part right. of my kind of adolescence. Oh wow! See, and, I didn't even get introduced to that until yeah. college, and yeah. then all the gay kids like loved that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I never got it. I didn't. I only saw the end of it. I need to watch the whole thing. Oh, cool. I know. I know. You're I know, very bad gay. Person. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, anthem. straight people. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, two straight guys. <laughs> I saw it. I was like, nice. I know, I know, I know. I, I meant to. My yeah. brother was even in it once. I got. I need to go. Well, I, I was go in see. it. I played characters in it and stuff. That's awesome. We dress up and stuff. And I remember one time, my father thought I was gay. Really? Yeah. He just assumed I was gay because I was. My hair was all crazy. I was hanging out with like these weird kids. And then he had heard that I was doing Rocky Horror Picture Show. And Uh-oh. I remember he had uh, like showed up one night. <laughs> Unannounced? But, yes. He didn't oh, tell me. And then they're like, you know, and I was playing, I think I was playing Rocky or something. And I was, I took my shirt off and I'm in my underwear and I'm running around. And then like, and then I just glance over and I see my father's eyes just <laughs> mortified like over That's the corner. That's not the way you want your dad to walk in <laughs> I'm in, in my at. underwear and I'm right. running around and this guy transvestite's chasing me. And, right. You know, it, it was, yeah, it was one of those moments. But, but that's the thing. We, but that's what opened us up was sure. gay culture is what kind of like, you know, my favorite singer when I was a kid was Pete Burns from Dead or Alive. Like I had an eye patch. I had an wow. eyeliner. I tried to look like that. Like it's like it opened us up to like. You must have just you been know. an open minded kid too because other people yeah. maybe would have been open to it. But then, th- then they weren't open to it. So they didn't even allow it to open them up. Well, it was the late 80s and stuff. And that stuff was starting to get. That's a, that was that's a good thing about that era. Right. I think it kind of it, it was a very experimental place for people, you know, fashion wise and kind of like seeing things differently. And, you know, it was a little different. But but yeah, it's but it opened us up to like different kinds of people. And that's why that's awesome. I, I just had to come to New York 
Because yeah. I felt like that's where it all was, you know. I feel like if I just got out of Texas, it would be okay. Like I still it's tough getting out of like. such a big – going to such a big place from where you're at, but you appreciate yeah. it when you're here. If you come yeah. from someplace that's like nothing like it. And you're from Maine. Yep. And I kind of miss it sometimes. Do you? Do you ever miss Texas? I do. Not for very long. Not for very long. Yeah, Just not for very long. For a minute. Me, yeah, like, well, I never go back. But it's... The idea of it, sometimes I miss. Sometimes I'll miss, like, weird shit, you know? Mm-hmm. I'll miss, like, biscuits and gravy. I was just going to say, sometimes I miss, like, lobster rolls. Yeah. Well, lobster rolls, that's, that's, we can, that's actually good food. And we, <laughs> but I'll eat biscuits and gravy now, and I'll be, like, sick for four days. Right. So, yeah, it's not so good it's, for you. <laughs> and we could eat those anywhere, but it's yeah. something about the... So, did you grow up more on the coast? Or? Yeah, way on okay, the coast. see, that's a lot fancier. Way yeah. up. But the town was mixed because okay. it was tiny. It was only 2,000 people, but it was like mixed like the local lobster guys and then it was the people who had summered there and then moved in. And then my parents weren't either of those. Mm-hmm. My dad was a co- – both of them grew up in the suburbs and like didn't like – just didn't like it. They were hippies. I think they were just high out of their mind. They don't yeah. tell me that, but I read between the lines because my dad was like – I was in college and then I wanted to live off the grid. He was a carpenter. Oh, yeah. He lived with no electricity for like two years. He yeah. was high. And then yeah. my mom had like a blueberry farm <laughs> and she was had to be high. And then she hired him to build her floor. Okay. And then they got married. And wow. then they lived like off the grid for a little bit. That's ex- yeah, that that's sometimes, you know, after a while you're in New York and like, you know, you're around enough of the city and Yeah, they just like stuff. get me out of here. And <laughs> Yeah, they wanted to get out. And then my dad's a teacher. Actually, I think this is weird. I'm in the I grew up in the middle of absolute nowhere. An ex of mine on Instagram was honeymooning in where I grew up. But I grew up really? in – it's not a wedding destination in the wow. middle of nowhere. That's weird. I think so too. Yeah. I like Maine. I've been there a lot. You know, I both know my girls from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like uh, Maine's a weird place. It's like it's either like left-wing hippie liberal or it's some guy with a bunch of guns in the mountains. Totally. <laughs> it's like, totally. It's just like the two opposite ends. There's not a lot of middle ground. And, I don't know uh, why that yeah. is in Maine, but that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, it's weird because I go there You know, every year. I go there for Christmas. It's the greatest place in the world to go for Christmas because she's up in the mountains and stuff and it's so beautiful. You know, it's like, it beautiful. Feel like a, it's like a Hallmark town, Bethel, you know, beautiful place. And uh, but yeah, but the people are they're strange. I did comedy there <laughs> one time. It was the worst. Did you do it at the Bethel Inn? Oh my God, it's the worst. Because I saw I saw an ad for that. Ugh, it wasn't oh, good. Oh, it was so bad. What, what, it was <laughs> so bad. I think I remember trying to get booked on that when oh, I first my started. God, it was so bad. Oh, I'm glad that that it didn't. Was, well, f- on my show or, or no? I remember trying to get booked. I think when I was oh. in Boston, I remember it like way a long time ago. There was well, well now they I think they do a festival. Maybe that's what and, I'm thinking. Yeah, of. Yeah, and there's a gay comic that does it. And yeah, stuff, Ian and, like, Harvey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it was uh, we we did it for the first time, and it was like Leah was pretty young in comedy. She was probably about you know maybe three years in or something, and I was the big you know quote unquote headliner guy, and it was just like in. But it was weird because I had just met their met her family, you know, recently, and then it was just like we do this event, and it's like all these people from her hometown, everybody from her high school, everybody that she knows, her parents and people her parents know, and the thing, and you know, and it's just I don't like, know if that's worse for you or her because oh, you're the boyfriend too, both. so then it's like it's her both. she's got it, but then you can't. And she did great, all right. Oh, but that's here good. Here was the deal, but she did like you know she did 15 minutes, she hosts or something. She did great. She did she did really well. And then I was dumb. Like, sometimes I'll make these decisions that are just like, what the fuck did I do that for? And I was like, it was just two of us. So I was like, well, let's let's stretch out the show. So I was like, you know what I'm going to do? We're going to
going to have a joke contest. So oh what we'll do is we'll have people from the audience get up, tell some jokes, like street jokes, and then and then we'll stretch out the show. So it'll be like a you know, so only have to do like forty minutes, and right. you know, she can do fifteen and what. And then it was like, and then and then we're like, okay, who's got jokes? And then as soon as we said that, like people are going to tell jokes. It was like a line of like twenty five ah, people, and we're like, we don't want to hear your goddamn jokes. <laughs> and then some of them were like racist, and you know, it's like. <laughs> That's like a sketch, show. and then you're like, "Who are you, people?" Yeah, and they're just like these jokes, and then some like wouldn't get off. You're like lighting them. Right. You're like, "Come on, it's a street joke." Get They've off. been like waiting for this yeah. their whole life. Oh, yeah. It's their big moment. I I'm gonna get you. discovered. It was at least twelve people, and I was just like, "Oh my god, that was the dumbest idea I ever had." So it was like these people who couldn't get them off, and they were telling these racist, stupid jokes. Some of them were okay, but it was just like this thing. And so by the time I got up, I'd fought all these horrible street jokes, and then I just, you know, you just get heady. Sure. And you're just insecure, and you're just like, you know, maybe you're sick, or I used to smoke a lot, so I had like something. I just, I was just plus awful. thinking about her parents. Her parents, being there, and, I would really uh, not want to perform for someone. I was, I don't think yeah, I could actually do more, yeah. more than five. I really, that would have a really hard time with that. Have you performed in front of your parents? I perform in front of my parents, but I actually think it's tougher to perform in front of someone you're dating's parents oh, because yeah. then they're gonna be like my parents. It's like okay, they know me. You know, I they've we've been through worse, but if it's like. Someone you're dating's parents, then it's like, uh, yeah, it especially if you just met them, because they're yeah. like, it's like, <laughs> I, I, I ate a huge one, and then afterwards, and then it was funny because her dad comes up, and because I kept going, ooh, tough crowd, or it's like playing with, and then he comes up and he goes, tough crowd, huh? And I was like, what do you mean tough crowd? And so right. I start, I get all defensive <laughs> on her father. He just met me, and I'm like, what the fuck? Why do you got to say that to me? I just got off stage. You don't say that to a comic. That's a lot. I need thing a minute. Say. Yeah, yeah. It's her fucking father. I've just introduced to the family, and it's just like I'm flipping out on him because it's like he didn't. Ha- Why did you say that right. to me? Out of all of the two things, you don't do. Pat me on the back and say, oh, rough crowd. Don't say either one of those. It's, it's all the listeners. Don't they, ever say that. Don't to a say comic, that. Ever. You, but you can't win. <laughs> no. You can't win. If you see someone have a tough set, you can't win. Because if you say, good job, they're going to be like, fuck you. And then if say, yeah. you know, you could have done better, it's going to be like, well, kill yourself. You can't say anything to them. And then if someone says tough crowd, then you're like, what does that mean? Like, you, you know, no. Here's what you do. I think. Yeah, what do you say? What's the right thing to do if someone has a tough show? I, I just want someone to just nod or something. No, I think what nodding feels weird too. I think it's any sort of like eye contact when it, <laughs> it's bad. I say <laughs> fist pound nothing. He know everybody knows. You don't touch me if I have a bad set. Don't fucking you fist leave, pound me. Yeah, you leave not, the room. Yes, but here's the deal. I this is what I say. I say zero in on a bit that you like, uh, and just say I like that new bit you're doing about Trump. You right. Know, and that's all you got to say. You don't have to but say. But they need to know your comedy well to know if it's well, a new bit. Well, first of all, don't fucking say anything about my set if you didn't watch it. That's true. That's yeah. true. That's <laughs> so, true. I mean, if you're just hearing, then go fuck yourself. Right. You know, it's like you don't know what I was dealing with. Right. If, if you're just judging it off a of sound. I mean, but if you, you know, watch my set, then, yeah, say I like that new joke. That's all I got to say. That and that's a good one because it gets people talk. Because then if someone yes. says they notice a new joke, you're like, oh, yeah, I changed this yes. or I changed that. The energy switches. Right. Because then the comic is able to focus in on that and see. Then they feel better because at least they got a new joke. Yeah, out. and man, if you can even get yeah. one new thing in something, then yeah. that is productive. Oh yeah, even that. Even if you tank, yep. it doesn't matter. Yeah, if you get a, you get something new out. Yeah, it makes you feel better. But yeah, so yeah, but that's but the family stuff is just weird. That's and, brutal. And it's funny. Then they wanted like when my album came out, they wanted my album, and I'm like. But then they get to see you in a new light. Yeah, but the album was weird too, because it's like I'm talking about like washing my dick with oh, my right. girl and a thing, 
seeing vegan soap and all yeah, just you know sexual stuff with her daughter and I'm just like I, I'm just like man like you didn't I can't and they, win and they yeah. were just like they were so excited and they really want, I had to sign it and everything and I was like oh my god like, did dude. they give you feedback on it yeah they said they liked it and right. everything but this is when I knew this is when I knew it was off and I got so mad at them so it's like you know this is like I guess a year after or whatever or maybe the year of and um, there's a lady that cleans her house. And she was like cleaning the house when I was over there for Christmas, and then I was just like, Leah was like, "Oh, you should give her a CD." And then and then, and then the parents were like, "Yeah, but she's Christian." And uh, mm, <laughs> right, like, all right. And I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, right. it's not that bad, right?" It's like you know, it's good enough. Like I wasn't like it's not like anti-Semitic. Edgy. Yeah, right. I mean, well, some of my jokes are, and if some <laughs> if someone doesn't know I'm being silly, right? You know what I mean? All our jokes can be somewhere they if, can get taken out of the wrong. Yeah, of course, and that's the yeah. problem with comedy. People, yep. people take things, you know, we always say this a million times, buzzwords or things, but but it is true. They just, they ruin, it's I always so tell true. crowds when they get, uh, the thing I've been saying lately is to crowds, I said, don't ruin comedy. Stop mm. it. Stop it with your groaning and your judging. <laughs> a groan is the worst. Or yeah. I'd, if someone goes, aw, yeah. that's the worst. Yeah. I'd rather nothing. Anything, aw, aw, that is the worst. Yeah, I hate yeah, that. Yeah. The, I got that the most in San Francisco. Really? I would say I used to be, the, I in San Francisco, it was made it me be I was like I was doing a long set and I said something just in the setup I just said something about being dyslexic and they were like oh and then I said something else about being overweight and I just heard a whole oh again and I was like fuck you guys I didn't say that to him but I hated him and then I was co-headlining with someone and then he was like how'd you like him and I try not to say if someone's going up how I felt because I'm like I'm sure you'll be great or whatever but I I remember saying to him I go those are bad people but not that they even were bad people but I just hated them. Well, how how is that? The differences between playing like let's say an, um, a mixed crowd as opposed to an all gay crowd or some or a gay culture type place like San Francisco. Like, if it's gay men, okay. they can be they're usually great. Okay, and I feel like I've made peace with the les. I used to get so nervous if lesbians were in the audience. I think because I cared more what they thought, gotcha. or if there was like an attractive feminine one that was like with a butchy one, so then I could tell the feminine one was a lesbian. Then I get really nervous. Uh, so I feel like more comfortable around straight people. Or I feel like I like design things for straight people. Anyway, so then I'll think gay people will think I'm not talking about what I don't even know. But then gay men <laughs> and I usually really click because I did a okay. I did a um, it was it was in Cancun. It was some gay guys resort and it was all gay men. And it was that was really fun. Yeah. That was like I felt that was have you performed for all gay men before? I have. <laughs> uh, sometimes you need the money, honey. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. This, this, but San Francisco wasn't all going, though. It was straight people. Yeah. And it was like young, yuppie straight people. And that, and they were the ones going like, oh, gay men are vicious. I, it take yeah. a lot to make a gay guy go, oh. The last, the last gig I did was uh, at Stonewall. And it was uh, Adam Sink shows or something. Yep. And it was one of those things where it was like, it was funny. I followed Leah, and they loved Leah. Right. And then I get, and I get once again, and then I get on stage, and it was just like, and the problem that I had was I had too much sensitivity in my content. Like as mm. I would say it, like let's say I do a joke about, you know, I have a friend who you know was making out with a girl, and she had a dick or whatever. Then I was like, as I'm saying that, I'm like, oh well, you know, it's right. cool, and what you know, you start to like dis- disclaimer and the thing, and, and then they could tell, and then. Right. And then I started getting mad that I was doing that, and then I started being ultra-aggressive, right. over-aggressive, and then it just became this whole... And they're like, what you know. is going on? And then, yeah, and then this is how I'm brought up on stage. 
Uh, this next guy's very funny. He's a cowboy, and the rumor has it he's got a really big dick. Give it up for <laughs> Dustin Chafin. And Boy. I was like, really, Adam? Is right. that how you're fucking bringing me up? <laughs> so, and then it's like, then I try to make it funny, but then I'm like, it's... The, and then all the gay guys mortified. are just like clued in. Yeah, they're just looking at my crotch. Right. And then it's like, like, I was like, it's not that big, guys. Calm down. <laughs> and then it's like, like, take it down a notch, okay? Everybody, relax. And so it was like, that's how it was brought up. So it was like a weird... Yeah, that's actually almost like you can't win if getting brought up like that. Oh, if someone's... Because, I mean, what are you supposed to... I mean, you're... Yeah, if you... And then if you don't say anything, they're going to be thinking about it yeah. for a while. Well, people don't realize it's like how the way you're brought up on stage is... It's, yep. It kind of matters. And it sets the know? tone for you. Because it sets a tone in your head with how you feel like they... It's Even if it's just a minute. Like, if you, I had this one host... I did this benefit show three years in a row, same host every time, and every time she would throw me under the bus in the intro. She would say, your first comedian is like supposedly funny. She's kind of new. Like, Give her a chance. That was the first supposedly one. Supposedly funny. Awesome. Supposedly funny. And yeah. then the second one, I remember I wrote it down, and she said, uh, she was like, she's on Access TV. Hmm, I got to do that. They, they must be letting everyone do that. <laughs> oh so the third year I did That's it, awesome. I said, don't give That's me an awesome. intro. I said, just say your next comedian. And then she said, this next comedian, you know, told me not to give her an intro. <laughs> she reminds me of wow. myself. And I was wow. pissed when I went on stage and I wow. said, but th- she had killed. Each time she'd killed up top. Oh, God. So when I went up and I was so pissed that third year and I remember saying, I was like, I bet she's going to fuck up my intro. I bet she's going to fuck up my intro. And when, when I got on, when she said that, I remind her of her. I said, if, if you know, if I end up like you, I'm going to kill myself. And you said that on stage? Yeah. Nice. And that wasn't the right thing to say because the audience was like, what? It kind of is, though. And then I had to like kind of get. It's okay. You it can, was... Sometimes you have to sacrifice the set. Yeah. I yeah. still feel kind of good about it. <laughs> it's, yeah. Like, you know, you should. Yeah. You, you, sometimes you sacrifice the set. And you're like, Just fuck to get it. one I don't in. Care. Like, yeah. this is between us. Like, yeah. three years in a row. Like, what the fuck oh, are you doing? Just yeah. don't, just don't, don't do it. Yeah, Don't do it's it. like it's you know it's just bring me up. Like, just bring me up. Anything yeah. but like just really. But I remember each time she would like kill up top. That's hilarious. And then do that, and I'd be like, told me not to even. It's like, oh, what is wrong with people? Yep, it's that's like, my worst intro. That's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get the cowboy and all that shit, and I'm always just like, dude, I'll bring that up. Like, you right. don't need to say any of this shit. I get it. I've got this thing. I, that's it's my act. Let me do it. Right. I don't need you to do it. Right. You don't need to say Texas. You don't need to say cowboy. Just fucking. I got plenty of credits. Because if they say Texas too, then yeah. if you don't say that in the beginning, yeah. they're gonna be like, when's he gonna talk about Texas? Exactly. Yeah. And I've had just, that with Maine. Your next comedian's from Maine, and then I'm like, well, I wasn't gonna talk about being from Maine. Yeah. And it's just like it's just too much, you know, people. I've talked about this before on on the podcast, but um, I have this one guy who I'm not going to mention the club's name. Let's just say it's a really old comedian that's dead, and uh, <laughs> he brings me up to fake credits sometimes. And I'm oh just like, yeah, and I'm like, don't give me the fake credits. And this, I, I probably told the story. I'm going to say, what it kind again. of credits does he give you? He gave me this credit, and I think I talked about it before. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to talk about it again. I think podcasts sometimes we repeat ourselves. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you we only do? have like 50 right. stories. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a break here, man. Yeah. So we got to got to share him. We got to repeat him. He brought me up as a writer for Saturday Night Live. Okay. Uh, and it was like I, I've never been a writer for Saturday Night Live. I've submitted some stuff, like whatever, but I never don't don't say that. So anyway, yeah. which was fine. It's such it, a specific credit. Yeah. Too. And, well, get this. Listen, listen to this. So I get on stage. I have a decent set. Everything's fine. And then as soon as I get off stage, somebody from Saturday Night Live comes up and says, "Oh, are you in the writing room? I'm a writer for Saturday Night Live." And they start like it was like, but she was like a like part of the executive producers or something. It was just like, "Oh, do you know so and so? Do you know?" And I was like, "Ah." 
<laughs> I, I, I would be like, the, the, the MC lies. I have nothing to do with it. And I was, just, I didn't say that, but I was just like, oh, you know, it's like I don't really do that anymore. It's like a, it was a, like a you know contributing thing I did years ago, and you know I had to fucking make up and backtrack, and you know this person, random person coming up to me. Did she get it, or was she kind of like, oh, well, all right. well, contributing writer is something that you know you could because they used to take like faxes, and right? Stuff. It's an easy one to throw in. Yeah, you got to backpack. Because I contributed bit. for a bunch of shit. And basically, right. all that is you emailed and they use maybe one. And then you can technically say you're a writer. I don't think you should say you're a writer for anything if you contributed. If you, you yeah, because like when they would do late night and someone would buy a joke and they'd say, oh, they're a writer for Leno yeah. or something I don't like know. that. If you made $50 off a joke, calm it down. Right. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, don't be saying you wrote. I know a guy that says he writes for SNL. I'm like, dude, you're right. still calling Quinn two <laughs> jokes. Maybe. I don't even think you got paid, but whatever. Just because you turned on your fax machine, but uh, but yeah, I that's think... a real specific credit to writer for. That's a New York yeah. thing. When I first moved here, I noticed that because someone said I was in the Boston Comedy Festival, okay, and I couldn't believe it because I had I had just started doing comedy and I had or I, and I had just moved from Boston and in Boston the Boston Comedy Festival is a huge deal. Yeah, so everyone knows who everyone knows everyone in the comedy festival. And I got here, they said, oh, she's from Boston. She's been in the Boston Comedy Festival, and I was remember going up the stage like. I can't believe they just said that. Like, I'm not in the I'm not in the yeah. festival. Then yeah. you start to realize no one gives a fuck about your credits. <laughs> no one usually. The, it's important, but people don't really. The audience doesn't really know, so it's more like for us. You know, it's funny. Um, you did crashing, right? You did an episode. I did crashing. Yep. Oh, that's so cool. And I got to do it as well. And it's funny now when I when I say you know like it's always funny when the MC. I don't know if you, you probably don't have this problem, but I do. Like as soon as the MC will say this next person, you've seen him on crashing, and the whole crowd will look, and I'll just be like, I'm not Pete Holmes, <laughs> and they're looking to they're looking to see Artie Lang or like Pete Holmes, and I'm just like, no, you don't remember me probably. And, the, you know, and then it's like, and you're like, but also I'm not lying. I was on. Yeah, it. I was on it, but you know, but the the, the the jerk to like, oh my god, and then you feel. And like a little like, disappointment, yeah. Like, what? Oh, he was the guy doing the comedy and the stand-up, you know. But it's like it's just so funny because I, I get that too. Yeah, as soon as they yeah, they then hear you're crashing, like, they think, oh, it's Pete Holmes. I get that. Well, they're get, you're really getting it because if they say guy too, I get yeah. it with Crazy X, and it actually yeah. is like it's they must do my makeup in a way. I mean, they do. I have a lot of makeup on in the show. Yeah. So I look like the best version of myself. But to me, it's still me. I've got short blonde yeah. hair. I've got the same face. Sure. It's me. I've had multiple people be like, I love Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I go, oh, I'm on it. Who are you? And then I say, I'm Beth. And then they're looking right at me. And then they go, oh. But <laughs> to my face. And I was like, is it really that? Like, they're, they're kind of like, and then it registers. And they're like, oh, wow, wow. And that's happened a yeah. lot of times. So how is it doing that show? That's got to be It fun. was awesome. Yeah. I just can't believe how... Like pe- different people must think I look because even people, if they know the show yeah. and they're looking at me and I have short blonde hair on it like that yeah. alone. Imagine if I had like gained a bunch of weight or something after that. <laughs> it still could have been me, yeah. but they're just like, ah, and I'm like, yeah, I know, I got like skin problems in real life, motherfucker. Like, what do you like, God? And then it's like, it was me, and then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I see it now, I see it. And I'm like, uh huh, all right. Hilarious. But doing the show was great, and I yeah. It felt like a good like entertainment story when, with getting it because I got cut from this Talking Head show. Okay. We filmed six episodes. And, you know, you never want to get excited about anything, but they're like, this is definitely going to air. So then I never heard anything. And then I was on Instagram and I saw all the people I shot it with filming something else. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on with that? And no one was getting back to my manager about what was going on with it. 
Then I was at this festival with one of the girls, and she's like, where have you been? We've been filming the sketches. And I was like, I don't know. Then it turns out that I got cut from it. So I found out that night that I got cut from it. And then the girl that went on before me was the girl also on the show. So they introduced her with that credit. Okay. So I'm kind of like, oh, that's that sucks. That I had to find out I got cut through Instagram. Sure. Then the next morning, the girl who hosted the radio show I was co-hosting with, we just signed a year on for another year. She got let go. So I was like, okay. these are my these two things I was looking forward to. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and then I had to go to uh, Nova Scotia. And I flew in. I had a show that night, and I was supposed to do morning radio. If I had had morning radio, I would have flown in, gone to sleep, done the show. But I didn't. So I got in, did the audition, then did the show. Then I couldn't upload the audition. So I was like, I just can't send it, and I couldn't upload it. And then finally I, like, figured it out at the last minute, sent it in. And, you know, you do a lot of auditions, and sometimes I'll get a call back. But this is the first thing I got cast in by a long shot. So that's a Friday. Then on Sunday they said, "Can can you do a callback Skype session uh, Monday morning with the casting director, showrunner, and then the actress. So we did that, and then I think I had another one that night, and then at about sometime Monday, late Monday evening, I found it, I got it. But it's so, when you go on a lot of auditions and then you get something, you're like, get the fuck out of here. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, you're like, what do you mean? Like, I, the first thing I said, I was like, if you're, if you're messing with me right now, like, this isn't funny. And you don't want to sound like too much of a loser kind of to be like, well, what the, what the hell's wrong with you? But I was, then I was just like, all right, great. And then I had to, then it was for an LA hire Then I flew to LA and I was there the next day and it was great. And I learned a lot about acting on the show. That's amazing. Well, you know, you hear that a lot with like showbiz stories, you know, where somebody, I was, Snoop Dogg was, uh, I listened to all the Howard Stern stuff. And, I, uh, see, I keep hearing about that Snoop Dogg episode, right? So good. He's, he's amazing. He, Snoop Dogg seems like a funny guy. Oh, he's so funny and he's so great. And, you know, he learned how to rap in jail and like changed his whole life, gives back to the community. Like, I didn't know he's that. He's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. He's phenomenal. And but basically it was like somebody was like Dr. Dre's on the phone. He's like, yeah, whatever. And then like hangs up on him. You know, so always right. that thing. We're like, yeah, 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 whatever. You hang up. <laughs> it's like this huge. Like no, it's really Dr. Mode. Dre. Like, yeah, you know. But uh, that's awesome. You know, and I think it's. But you never know this business. You, know? you never know. You probably you've probably wanted to quit five times. You know? Oh my god! <laughs> like, <laughs> and then something like that happens, and you're just like, wow. I had been googling. Um, you know, Carly. You know, Carly Well, you know. Sure. So she's my, she's a buddy of mine. Like if I stopped doing comedy today, we'd still be friends. Yeah. But I remember right before Crazy X, some, both of us were having like a moment and we were trying to figure out at this point what other jobs we could do if we weren't doing comedy. Okay. And we're both dyslexic and now our resumes are all fucked up because we're both like, <laughs> what could we do? And we went through. Yeah. This is, this is about a week before Crazy X. And the thing we decided on was, <laughs> you're going to get a kick out of this. We, and we literally like went through tons of stuff. And it's like, no, because of the dyslexia or this or that. Yeah. Uh, greeter at Walmart. Really? Yeah, those are the things that we could, that's what we could do. You're too young for that. Because we could greet, <laughs> yeah, that's what my dad said. He was like, we could greet and you don't have to take any notes and then like you that's be like what. like 90 for that. That's, what that's they, all that's I what got, they give the, that's, that's, that's all I got. That's my, if, if I can't, but then I got, and then I was Googling like, um, I was Googling, you know, I get real specific with the Google, I'll go, what do you do if you try to make it in showbiz and it didn't work out and what are your career options? <laughs> <laughs> I've Googled that a couple of times. But you know what? It's getting like fewer and farther between now, too, as I've just kind of become one with like if, it, if I'm having a tough time or not a tough time, yeah. I try to be like this is just like the process of it. Yeah. But I use so, – yeah, sometimes still I'll just be like what am I doing? But it's much fewer and farther between. But I was Googling 
Um, so yurts too. I remember I was googling. This is right before Crazy X. I was just yeah. It was because I gotten cut from the two things, and I was just kind of like I felt like all the balls I had in the air just fell, and okay. then all of a sudden, this, and something else happened too, where it was like just another thing where I was like, man, everything just kind of crashed, and then yeah, it was like a very entertainmenty. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I don't think people realize in this business where it's just, I mean, just to pick yourself up off the ground yeah. is part of it. And it's like continuously, that's what you do. On a, every day, somebody gets something you wish you had. Yep. Every day, it's like, you, you know, you didn't quite get what you thought you were going to get or somebody. And I remember um, the, even with this podcast, it was like I uh, I had this person actually Snoop Dogg's entertainment people and like this person you ever have somebody in the business that like um just talks a lot of shit and you yeah just... those are the worst <laughs> I'd rather just someone that says absolutely nothing yeah. and then just kind of does something someone that like comes on the strongest with it those now I'm like nope yeah they do the least and then it's like why did you go out of your way to say all this stuff you could have just not said it yeah. and then it's yeah. like they get you all revved up and so I had this person and they just they basically. And we shot a couple episodes. It was supposed to be like this horror podcast thing. And it was supposed to be like, you know, it was me and Irene Bremis. And we got all excited. And this person kind of like, you know, I think they were like doing coke or something. I don't know. You could tell people were just like something. speedy and crazy and erratic with scheduling yep. and stuff. And they put a little bit of money into it. And the thing is, I got really, I really just said, you know what? This is it. This is going to be cool. We're going to do this thing. It's got a specific audience, blah, blah, blah. And they, it was like a live shoot kind of thing. It was a green screen, like the whole production. And she put money into it. And it was like one of those things where it just kept, and then she'd be like, oh, it's going to be on chiller and then i'd be like you know chiller just went under <laughs> she's right. like we have a meeting with chiller on thursday uh, they went bankrupt on monday you're so. like nice try lady yeah i don't yeah. think that's gonna happen so it's stuff like that like right she and then you're, like, oh, having, you're a crazy person yeah 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 and we'd be have meetings with these companies that are just weren't gonna be around anymore right it's gonna be on CISO. yeah, yeah it's gonna be on CISO. Exactly. and you're like exactly and so it was like stuff like that and then you know and then it's like i got depressed for a second and then i said you know what i'll start my own thing i'll just do my own podcast and my own thing and i'll interview comics nobody knows comics like me i'll have fun and blah blah, blah. talk to anthony we've got things going and, you know and then here today we got this great podcast and yeah, a great studio, studio and i got authentic behind me and that's awesome you know and it's really just about just picking up stuff and just moving you know just moving and, and only and yeah controlling what you can control yeah and stay creative at stay all times. creative just keep pumping out that's the thing with this business it's all about just pumping out the art and trying know? to be good for yourself yeah, because I've I've been trying to do this thing where every day uh, I try to do something so I don't hate, quote unquote hate my life. Yeah, because I was like getting in this like spiral where it was like I was just like miserable all the time, mm-hmm. and then now I'm like, all right, every day I'm going to try to just kind of like 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 my life more, and that helps me because I don't drink too, and then that helps me not drink yeah. because I'm like not like so just like. Because it wouldn't even be relate. Like it could be like career stuffs going real well, but if I'm not treating myself well, I'll be miserable. Okay. But then if stuff I could have less going on, but then if I'm being healthy, I'll feel better. And the stuff comes and goes. So like yeah. sometimes you're gonna be getting more stuff, sometimes less stuff. You just like you always want to be scaling your problems. So if like this, you know, one year you're like I gotta get this audition, and then the next yeah. year you're like, well, I got the audition, but I didn't like how I did, and then just keep moving the problem up. Do you like keep like a grateful diary or no? Things like that, do or? you do that? No, I don't do anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> I was hoping you did, so I could be like, "Oh, that's so cool. Maybe I'll do that." <laughs> yeah, that is a good idea. Do you? Uh, are you thankful? No, no you? not really. No, not, not really. At all, <laughs> I've heard those help. I, heard I would like to. I mean, I go to therapy once a week. That's and, good. You know, I feel like I try to, you know, hit an AA meeting once in a while. Me too, and, and that actually helps. You know. I don't speak at them though. I don't like talking. 
Yeah. Because I talk Sometimes so much. you work much. out a good two minutes, you know what I mean? I, I, I <laughs> could see that. Some people say some funny <laughs> stuff in there, and I'm like, that was funny. But I, I, don't, I don't know when it's for some reason in those, I yeah. just don't like talking. I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, you know what it is too. I was talking to this funny. I was just, I just, I don't know. I guess it relates. I don't know. I was talking to somebody last night where it was about. Um, we're talking about TV shows, and mm-hmm. I said, "Like, what do you like to watch?" And they were said they were talking about crashing. They were talking about um, that we're dying up here. And I said, "Oh, here's the deal, man. I go when I sit down on my fat ass and I'm sitting on my couch, and it's like the last thing I want to watch is something to do with stand up comedy. Yeah, the last thing. And so, I mean, with your thing, the last thing you want to do when you're trying to get some peace is talk to exactly. people, exactly, talk to strangers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and just like it's all we're doing all day. Exactly, just talking. Same with me and dating. That's why you and yeah. Le- you're so you guys you're so lucky that you guys have been together this long and like have an understanding because. Because yeah. dating, she um, beats me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Things not are as not good as okay. it looks on the outside. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. True, you never know. You never know. But dating, it's like one other thing where you have to like tell someone about something. But I went on a couple dates with a therapist, an oh, art wow. therapist, where I was kind of like, therapist. and I was like, is this going to be a bad idea? Like, is okay. she going to see my signature hand and then be like, you know, you're a psychopath? Or I don't Hilarious. know how they Hilarious. operate. <laughs> But she doesn't – she's not checked into any entertainment stuff. Okay. So she asked kind of what I did and I, I said something – I don't know what I said, but she interpreted it that I was like a comedy writer and I didn't correct her. And then we went on the two dates and it was just – it was just really nice and then I felt like I didn't need to – because I feel like we have to sell ourselves all the time so I don't want to sell myself anymore. But then with a date, you want to – like it's tough. Like it's just it, – yeah. it's got to be a good date for you to want to go out and like if you've got a night off, not just take that night off or see friends that you never that I never sure. – very, yeah. you're competing with a lot of stuff. I'd rather be doing if I get that time. What's well, funny too? Sometimes I'll lie about not being a comic because I just don't want to have a conversation. You know, I remember one totally. time I had a slave cutting my hair or something, and I'm just I just didn't want to tell. Oh, him. and then you're I, like trapped. I just didn't want to tell. Too. It was a comedian. Yeah, yeah. Nah, nah. And so I said some bullshit. And I said, I remember it was the craziest thing. I said I said oh, yeah, I design video games, and then it was just like, <laughs> and I was like okay, and then it was right when Y2K was happening. So, I was like, so what's going on with the you know with the Y2K and the thing and all this like computer shit? And I was like. Ah! Yeah, you're like, we're all going to die, ladies. It's going down. Yeah, so it's like, it's interesting how it's like, because people just, you know, it's like, you want to reveal stuff and say something right. to people, but they'll just, you know, make it this whole thing, and why aren't you famous, or uh, how come you're not on SNL, or, right. you know, they'll, they'll just say something, right they'll something that'll piss you off. They'll say something that'll piss you off. Or they ask you to tell a joke. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite. I had, the, what I had been saying, in LA, in the Ubers, they always ask you. Like, mm. they're trying, they're like trying to suss everybody out. The Uber drivers, or the Lyft drivers, I've yeah. noticed this, they're... So they'll they they'll say, oh, uh, where are you going? I'm going to this place. What are you doing? I got a meeting. Oh, are you in the business? So then I say, I um I'm a college agent. I work with. Uh, at first I said comedians, okay. and then they would go, oh, I know a comedian or which comedians. Yeah. They'd ask much. So then I switched to magicians. <laughs> Shuts them up. That's it. Conversation over. I go. I do I do college shows for uh, magicians, and then they'll be like, do you do any other performers? I'm like, just magicians. And then it's I quiet. I love magic. Yeah. Do you oh, in real life? God. I do. I know nothing about it, I but I know it. magicians I do a watch, lot of colleges. I could watch magicians for hours. I really? Love I love them. Lee and I both do. We go to when we go to Vegas. It's like oh, that's one of our fun. favorite. Favorite things in the world to do is go see a magic show. Have you seen Justin Willman? He's no. a magician. No. He's good. He's a comedian and he's I would, a magician. No, I don't want to see that. I mean like Vegas is what I want. Right. I want to see like a big show. I don't want to see some comic telling jokes and doing card tricks. He does his <laughs> this two ones separately. It's actually like very – but the, I said the okay. same thing. Okay. I said the same thing and I remember seeing him in a green room and I was kind of like, oh, this is the magician guy, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. 
but then I saw his show and I was like, well, that was amazing. I'm sure it was amazing. I still don't want to see it in a comedy club. Yeah. I want to, if I want to see magic, I want to see it with the big red curtain and the thing. And the, Would you ever try doing magic? No, yeah. it's not my thing. I dress like a magician. Right. But I, <laughs> I feel like I'd I be part. the cowboy magician. Right. I probably make tons of cash. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. They, those guys make bank at colleges. Oh, they make bank they everywhere. They make shit tons yeah. of money. Yeah. I, I always wanted to do that. It was funny. It was like, because I always entertained the thought of opening a, uh, a comedy club in Manhattan, but I mm. feel like you'd have to do something different right. in order to set yourself apart. And I feel like, you know, in Los Angeles, that comedy magic place is really, you know, successful. I've never been in, yeah. but I've heard people it's like talking the place about to play. it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I've it, never, I'm going to be in LA August and September. I'm going to go by there. Like, that's the biggest place to play in New York. Huh. I mean, in LA. It's like bigger than all the clubs, wow. the comedy clubs, because it's just like Leno's there all the time. And it's like all these, I don't know, it's just supposed to be a big, the audiences are always packed. That's awesome. And, uh, but then I was just like, yeah, maybe I'll do comedy magic in Manhattan. And then I'm thinking to myself, I was like, you know, it's one thing to deal with, like, you know, mid-level comedians. I know exactly what you're <laughs> I don't think I want the life of dealing with mid-level magicians. Like, a guy, like, throws a bird out, it's dead. You know, right. you don't know. That, like, <laughs> that's a TV show. He actually yeah. saws a girl in right. half. You know, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, there's just something, like, That's a you know. TV show. You being a booker, you, yeah. you being that's a comedian really and then funny. being a booker for that and then that's dealing really with mid-level funny. magicians. That's really funny. Yeah, that <laughs> could be, like... Crashing, <laughs> crashing for magicians. Yeah, absolutely. And they gotta do open mics and yeah. be on the come yeah. up and stuff. Because then you gotta just... Bad magic is the worst. I've never seen... I haven't seen enough magic. I mean, I I'm used to bad comedy, but, right. but bad magic, no way. I just that's the last thing I'd want to see. Yeah, know? that somebody just props don't work, right? Or, you know, everything. Yeah, everything is yeah. just going to shit, and you're like, this isn't working out, man. <laughs> there was a rabbit in here somewhere, right? You know, it's like it just, it just all that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it just would just be hilarious. Booking stuff that I booked one show when I first started. A Saturday show at the Village Lantern, and it gave me a lot of social anxiety. That's tough to yeah. do. Like it's it it's is. really tough to do. It I can see it being fun too, but then, but it's well, tough. You know, some people are just good at it, and I hate to right. say that about myself. But you know, I knew I, I had enough sense to book you back in the day. Yeah, like, you were one you know, of the first I'm, people that that you I were... get it. I can tell. I could just some people have the instinct to see can tell who's going to be funny and, and it's so nice know. too when there's people in new york that will do that that yeah. it's not if you before you have any like like it's just basically them thinking you're funny yeah. and then you have there's no there's no way getting around the work like you have to just like do the work and be around yeah. and then someone will see you around and then it, i'm like the you know? uh, the new york starter wife <laughs> 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 well, you're paying att- you pay attention, <laughs> and then you all leave me to like you know all these other places. But uh, it's you know, but I get it. You know, that's part of this business. I remember know? when you had Pete. Yeah. Pete would always be on your shows. I remember yeah, that exactly. Yeah, all these people. Yeah, it's like but... yeah, it's having it's because it's not just like looking out and having an eye on things. It's also then it, there's a few there's a lot of skills involved with the booking. Yeah. I guess it's a, you just, but to me, it's like if you don't have that eye, you should right. be doing it, yeah. and that's the problem. Is like, and I think it has a lot to do with me performing, and it's just like, yes. you know, I feel like you know you're not a good coach if you've never played the game, right? And so I feel like you know most of the good coaches in sports have usually played, and so I feel like in comedy, it's like, oh well, 
you know, I have a bar and I'm not making money. So now I'm a comedy professional person. Right. It's like, you know, you're, you know, and so that's how a lot of it happens. You know, it's like karaoke doesn't make as much money as I thought. Let's try comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and then next thing you know, they're a comedy booker and then they're choosing and picking people. And, you know, and it's just like, I think there needs to be more. More to it than that. And knowing who to have hosts and who to go first and who to do all that yeah. stuff. It's like a whole thing. It is. And I very I try to like make it diverse and yeah. I'll pull an audible and pull somebody off, put somebody up, whatever. There's yeah. an art to it. Yeah, absolutely. There is an art you to it. You can tell the difference between people that care and people that don't know what they're doing and don't care. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people, it's not recognized, but it's, you guys know, but a lot of, you know. It, it's the same thing with casting people. Someone yeah. was saying, my acting coach said this to me, and I didn't never thought of it because he, he was like, one thing with casting people, he was, he was like, you know, casting people have to have an eye for stuff, but it's a real, like, because you think of casting people, and like, to me, I'd be like, oh, they're like very intimidating. He was like, yeah. if this helps, if this helps at all, and it did, he was like, they need you to help make their job easier. And also, ca- being casting is, casting booking is one of the toughest things, and you don't get thank Like, you're making, it's like a pretty integral part of the thing, but sure. then they don't, it's pretty thankless. Oh, and yeah. I was like, oh, I never really thought of that. Because when you're the performer, you just see it as like a gatekeeper position of power. But then you're like, oh, yeah, they're having to answer to a bunch of people, too. So you don't think of it in the context of it. And then I was like, that that helped me understand it as a part of the machine more, too. Absolutely. Well, you'll see a movie and you just like see something like Pulp Fiction. And it was like casting is the main reason that worked. Right. You know, it's like yeah. certain people in certain roles, there's no way it would have worked the way it did. But they had the sense to pick those people. In Crazy X, the guy who plays White Josh... Yeah. They were trying to figure out if he should be Josh Josh, the lead heartthrob guy. Uh-huh. Those two guys were up for the same part, but they just liked the casting woman, like liked him so much. She was like, let's have him on the show and have him play another guy. And then so she kind of made that decision. That's yeah. like a big part of the show. That's great. So, you know, when you say the acting stuff, do you feel the environment there was they were like, you know, kind of helping you along the way? And they were you nice to me. Out? Yeah. But that's got to be very intimidating. You know? Oh, I was really intimidated. Yeah, because the only act I had done reenactment shows before. I had done talking head shows before. But this that's was, a big deal to me. The fact that you did a crime reenactment like that was awesome. That's, that is awesome. That was like, awesome. I've always wanted to do so. I was wanted to play a serial killer. So I think me that's too. Awesome. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I really do too. Yeah. But they, I had, I loved it so much that I had a picture of me on my dating profile from the reenactment show. It was just me covered in blood. Uh And I thought it was like a cool conversation starter on a dating thing. And then my friend saw it and goes, why the fuck do you have a picture of you covered in blood? I go, because it was like a career highlight. I was on a, I played a killer on Deadly Affairs. And they're like, Emma, there's no indication this is TV. (laughs) It looks like you're just lying in blood. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But that, I loved being a killer on that. What serial killer did you play? I played this, oh, God, what was the woman's name? It was this woman from Dallas, Texas. It was on the show Deadly Affairs, the episode's Blood Ties. I should know the name. Wait. Did she look like you or did they they make you up? Here's the thing. Yes, she looked like me. She was probably 200 pounds bigger than me. Okay. So we're fat suit. No, but they just had me because when I got it, I remember I was supposed to be away with my dad and I was like, okay, no entertainment. And then I like landed when we were going to his wedding in the Bahamas and I got a thing that said, can you get an audition for this? And so I'm running around this island in the Bahamas trying to get reception. And I did this tape that was pretty choppy. And then they were like, you know, they want to have you come in and do it. And then I knew something was up when the casting person said, you know, you're the only person I saw for this part because it was non-union. I had short hair. They couldn't get actors to cut her hair. Uh. So it was this like big dykey woman that I was playing okay. and then and I got scared because I was like are they going to have me be the feminine one or the boy one because <laughs> I didn't know and they yeah. both had kind of short blonde hair but one was more feminine so then they had me be 
the smaller version of the big butch one. Okay. I kill myself. I kill my wife. Kill your wife. But that was wow. good acting because they told me everything to do. On Crazy X, I was hired more as an actor actor, so I was scared out of my mind. Yeah. But they were really nice. And then also they were really nice. And then like if I just like stopped the, what what sealed the deal was the actress that I did most of my scenes with. She's a pr- super professional actress. Sure. So she'd make the moments feel real. So I would just kind of be responding to her. That's great. Which was nice. Yeah, the show's really funny. And we had the fake kiss. How was the fake kiss? It was good. It was good. It was fun. It was. It was fun. Yeah, because and it was like yeah, it was we fake kiss. But there was this one scene where they, I think it was the first one we did where they were like, "How do you you real you kiss? You just don't go all in." Yeah, it's kind of fake kiss. It's, it's a, kind your of lips are touching. It's a our kiss. lips are touching. It's a kiss. Yeah, you're just not. You and know. you exaggerate your body so it looks like more heavy than you're doing oh, with your I actual see. mouth. Oh, so you should just kind of like rub it in, like yeah. back and forth, not just going all. We in. weren't doing like tongue we stuff. Like, not like Billy Bob Thornton and no. Monsters Ball. Like <laughs> I would have. <laughs> I would have. <laughs> maybe next time. Really? Maybe when we go back, I'll just. They'd be like, "Ugh, it's a little much." <laughs> Emma's out. But I one time they kept saying, "All right, more guys." And so I took my hand. We were sitting down, and I just kind of grabbed their butt. And then we Hilarious. got the scene, and then they go – they're like, hey, Emma, just so you know, the shot is only like your chest up. So they can't even see your hands. So I basically so. just grabbed her butt for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like – Way to get one in there. I, right. Job. And I was like, I wasn't trying – she's like, I totally know it was confusing. And I was like – Lost in the moment, I guess. <sighs> <laughs> but they were really nice. Yeah. I'm really grateful too. And it showed also like – it made me be like, okay, these acting auditions can go somewhere. You know what yeah. I mean? Because sometimes you're like, it's a vortex. And then you get a little traction on something, and you're like, oh, it is possible. Yeah. Did it help you get some other stuff a little it bit? It helped or? me get meetings. Because cool. then once you have it help, once you have something, then they're like, oh, ba 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 And you're still the same you, but then all of a yeah. sudden they've got like a little thing. And one thing I've noticed with entertainment, I think you get the heat before the thing comes out. So once the thing's out, people don't really care so much. But the buildup to the sure, thing, the that's the sweet spot. When yeah. they go, oh – Oh, Dustin's doing this. People be like, oh, oh. Dustin's doing this. Yeah, doing yeah, this. Yeah. And the second you do the thing, it's like, all right, who's doing what? And then it's like, oh, yeah. and that's a yeah. weird thing. Absolutely. I, well, the worst thing that ever happened to me was when Crashing actually came out. Like, exactly. It, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was all about, I'm in the trailer, yep. I'm shooting the thing, it's me and TJ. And da, da, da. Yeah, like that was great. And it's like, I look at the sign-up sheet. Like, yeah, it was all, oh, did this film today? Yeah. But when it came out, you're like, oh, okay, it's There going. it is. Over right, there for like, you know, right. just a little bit. There you go. Okay. It's exactly Next episode. What? what? Yep. Yeah. It's, that's a hundred percent how it is. Like I yeah. even because I said too because I got one thing coming out August thirty first or or I have one thing coming out in August mm-hmm. the Netflix fifteen. That's awesome. Which will be awesome. But I had said I was like I was like what I had the sweet spot of is the build up before that. So sure. I was like sure. th- it's not going to be what happens when that comes yeah, but, out. But that's yeah. But that's one good thing about Netflix. It's always there. You that's know I mean? true. It's like it's you know anytime you're clicking. That's that's the hardest thing that's too true. when you're a comic is uh, you know I was talking about not wanting to see stand up. You know there's so many people in this business. It's so hard. Like when you want an escape, you're like oh well there's that person. You know, oh there's that person. I watched some <laughs> movie they had comedians. I just watched that new romantic comedy on Netflix. The yeah. one about they're trying to set up the two bosses with Lucy Liu. It, there's oh, comedians. It, Leonard Utz is in it. Oh, Pete Davis yeah. is in it. This yeah. guy Jacoby is in it. Yeah. All every there were so many comedians in it. Yeah, it's so hard to watch anything these days. Right. Without seeing somebody you know, or and then occasionally it's somebody you don't like or something. You're like, right. oh great, I right. can't even enjoy this now. Right. <laughs> that one got me. I love Leonard Utz, so like that yeah. got me. Like I was like, whoa, Leonard. Like, and he takes yeah. his shirt off in it, which is nice. pretty funny. Hilarious. Um, but then yeah, other times I'm sure you he watch wants it. To hear that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not fun. maybe funny. Was, you have to be a little was, sensitive, okay? Wait. I'm a little more sensitive. Hey. 
takes his shirt off. It's hilarious. <laughs> it was a funny scene. Guys, uh, guys, yeah, we could get made fun of. Nobody cares. It was a cares. funny scene. Nobody cares. It, not because he took his shirt off, because of the content <laughs> yeah, of what okay. he was saying. Oh, Backtrack. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Very cool. So, uh, what do you uh, what do you got coming up? Um, gigs coming up? What's I going got, on? I'm going to be at Comics at Mohegan Sun July 11th. No, July 12th through 14th. Perfect. I'm doing that, and then I'll be out in LA uh, filming again for Crazy X. That's which awesome. Which will be good. Yeah. That's so cool. Hey, you're reoccurring. That's amazing. I hope so. Yeah. This is one of the things. How many? How many have you shot? Like five? We shot. I shot three last season, okay. and then the next season hasn't started yet, and I have no idea. But you have one coming up. It'll be at least something because they told me to be out there for August and September. Okay. So, but I feel like with this, you never believe it. And I don't even believe it until after I film it and then after it airs. With that, I knew it was happening, though, because it would have been too big a production for them to then, like, even while I was there filming it, I was yeah. kind of like, we'll see. That's awesome. You know? That's so cool. But, so, yeah, we're, we'll We're really see. happy for you. Thank you're one, you. You're one of the good people. Like, Thank you. I feel There's only, way. like, 13 good people <laughs> <laughs> in this business. <laughs> You've made, you made a title 11. So I appreciate you're, it. You're right there. But uh, that's awesome. And uh, I always, you know, ask people, like, you know, when it comes, because sometimes comics listen to this and young guys and stuff, what would you say to, like, a young comic or a young version of yourself starting out, you know, to just, you know, to, to help the frustration a little bit? You know, it's, I feel like, this is what I would say to myself is different. What I would say to someone else starting out, and it actually is kind of contradictory. Yeah. So see what you think about this. So what I would say, I don't know if this is too harsh, but this is what I've been saying. If someone's like, I want to do comedy, yeah, I'll be, I'll be like, okay, hear me out. But you're too, you know, you're not good enough. You're not interesting enough. You don't have <laughs> a thing. No one wants you. Everything's full. There's yeah. no reason for you to do it. There's someone else who works harder. There's someone else who's more mature and has more life experience. Yeah. There's someone else who's younger. There's just no reason for you. Like, you're not going to make it. That's awesome. Now, if your first response to that is like, oh, that's, I don't want to do it. Okay, yeah. great. But if your response is like, who the fuck are you? Like, oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to go do an open mic right now. Like, fuck yeah. you. Then like, there you go. Yeah, that person will be signed in two, right. two, two days. Yeah, yeah, because you want it to. The worst thing is if it's like in someone even giving you advice, like the worst is if someone if you have so many people in entertainment just don't even you're just not even getting acknowledged. And that's yeah. when it's the most I'd rather have a no from someone than sure. just someone saying something and then you don't know where it stands. And that's sure. when you're kind of like, what is going yeah, yeah, on? Yeah. So it's. That would be the advice, but then if I could go back and tell myself, I wish when I had started that, you know, it's a couple things. I wish that I had tried to, like, have a little bit more balance in my life because when I first started, it was just like comedy, 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 comedy. Yeah. You got to have something that makes it sustainable, like with, like, a friend or someone you're dating or your life, yeah. you know. And then also I wish I had started, like, doing acting more sooner. Yeah, Because all that acting's shit. Acting's the key. Yeah. Acting's the key. Other yeah. things that can get you exposure to then have people come to your shows or whatever it is. Like, I didn't realize that equation when I first started. Oh, when we first yeah. started, it's just that hunt of, like, comedy, comedy. Yeah, but, like, keep you your eyes open. And then see what else, who's doing what. And be professional because I think so many comedians, like, forget when you send, like, email. It's a small business. Like, when you send, don't harass people. Oh, I love you for saying that. You know? <laughs> I don't love harass. you for saying that. Yeah, It's true. People don't know how to, like, Just send it kind of professional email. Like, yeah. or two, like, don't just say, I want this and yeah. bet, bet, bet. Yeah. Don't do that. Like, think about what you, what are you offering? And then if you can't offer something yet in your stage time, then if you can't offer something, if you can't, if someone's not booking you because you have, don't have. That whatever it is, then you can like like I interned at Broadway for a little bit, or like that, yeah. yep, like you do you do something that then makes you an asset to the place until then you move past that point. There's no you there's just literally no cutting corners. 
Yeah, no cutting There's corners. None. There's none. That's... Not for one person. Yeah, I did, I've probably done four open mics. Everything else is like, I'll pick up a broom and I'll, right. I'll work and get a real spot at a club because, you know, I've always felt like that was the best way to do it. Yeah, you got to figure out what works for you to keep it. Although, or just become famous on YouTube and then you're yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> just just Let's learn how to honest. dance. Learn yeah. how to learn a new dance do and like something. put it on YouTube. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, what can we catch you on social media? What's Emma Wilman, and then my website is emmacomedy.com. Oh, very cool. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Uh, special guest Emma Wilman, our uh, producer Anthony Kapfer. I'm Dustin Chafin. Thank you for listening to I'll Leave You With This. Thank you, guys. Thank you.